0: Good morning, it's October 18, 2020, 16 days from our presidential elections, a vote for the soul of America. Welcome, Dr. R.T., Colored River Connections podcast, coming live from my ATL recording studio, it's time to unpack the evidence of America's racism The Declaration of Independence states the principles on which our government and our identity as Americans are based. Unlike the other founding documents, the Declaration of Independence is not legally binding, but it's powerful. Abraham Lincoln called it a rebuke and a stumbling block to tyranny and oppression. It continues to inspire people around the world to fight for freedom and equality. In our book, Colored River, The Blurb, this story will open your eyes to a moral outrage that has never been discussed in print before. Well researched and thoroughly documented, this narrative is must-reading for those who want a deeper understanding of how different rules apply for black farmers in Freestone County, Texas. The Civil War should have been the end of racial injustice for blacks in America. However, many black farmers in Freestone and Anderson County, Texas, tragically experienced sustained injustice as their land along the Trinity River was ripped from them in the name of blatant greed. Theft of land is what happened. And the cover-up has endured for over 100 years. Their descendants, yours truly and others, my cousins, are still dealing with the aftermath of that legalized theft. Colored River reveals a timeline of events of collusion, deception, and fraud that victimized and destroyed many black farmers' families while using Jim Crow laws and the legal system as cover, a corrupt cabal of lawyers, con men, judges systematically violated the civil and property rights of hundreds of black farmers. Follow the timeline from the beginning of Texas as a republic to post-Civil War times and witness firsthand the impact of racism, hatred, and greed that eventually robbed these families of not only their land, but also their liberty, their future, and their prosperity. Coming from Psalms 23 in the Old Testament, The spiritual reading this morning. The Lord is my shepherd, I shall not want. He maketh me to lie down in green pastures. He leadeth me beside still waters. He restoreth my soul. He leadeth me in the path of righteousness for his name's sake. Yea, though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil, for thou art with me. America's racism. The events, the dates you are about to hear are real. The events are post 14th Amendment. They all happen after the Declaration of Independence. We hold these truths to be self-evident, that all men are created equal, that they are endowed by their creator with a certain unalienable rights, that among these are life, liberty, and the pursuit of happiness. This morning, I want to set some parameters. I want to touch on George Floyd. And then... Uh, Go back into black history from the Emancipation Proclamation to the death of George Floyd. I want to talk about scenario with these black farmers and who lived in these houses in Freestone County. With major emphasis on grandma's house. Before George Floyd's death, George Floyd was a 46-year-old black man. He was killed in Minneapolis, Minnesota. Floyd had complained about being unable to breathe prior to being on the ground. But after being restrained, he became more distressed and continued to complain about breathing difficulties, the knee in his neck, and expressed the fear he was about to die, and called for his mother. After several minutes passed, Floyd stopped speaking. For a further two minutes, he lay motionless. Floyd's death triggered worldwide protests against police brutality, police racism. And even before George Floyd's death, systematic racism was alive and well in these United States of America. The death of black males was being executed by white people who had a racist mindset for people of color. For the last four years, under the Trump's administration, racist views and hostile behavior have been brought to the forefront of black America. I need to ask an important question. What happened in black America, the history of America concerning black people before the death of George Floyd and Breonna Taylor, let me add. If you have a few minutes this morning, I I need to take you on a, a journey, a visit, to a place called Oakwood, Texas. The date is later 1800s. A place is called Grandma's House. A while back, I had the opportunity to listen to a tape, and on this tape was the voice of my grandmother, Annie Beatrice Childs Henderson, the wife of my grandfather, the Reverend William Henderson. Most of their life together, before the court case in 1915, was lived at what I call Grandma's house. I was given a tape by my Aunt May before her death, and on this tape was the voice of my grandmother. She was talking about her children and her large gardens in front of her house where she grew beans, corn, peas, sweet potatoes, onions, carrots, Oprah, greens. They had cows and horses and an enormous amount of land that my grandparents owned in Oakwood, Texas. Grandmother was remembering her life with William and her children, William Jr., Lemuel, Samuel, Wendell, Harriet, Alita, Doris Jane, Fanny, Leah, Annie Mae, and Esalene. Memories of the wonderful life they all shared in a place west of the Trinity River, called Grandma's House. Before George Floyd's death, racism was being targeted to black people. And here's some of the history of things that happened. You remember Rosewood? the movie, what happened in Rosewood, Florida. White people erupted, burning down black people's houses and killing them. Do you remember the Slocum Massacre, 1910 in Anderson County, Texas? When they shot them in the back, the black people, black families, men, women, children, burned their houses down. Do you remember Black Wall Street massacre that happened in Tulsa, Oklahoma in 1921? Burning their houses, shooting them, the black people, men, women, children in the back because of the color of their skin, because of their demise toward black people, because of their hatred toward people of color. And then there's the black farmers in Freestone County, Texas. They had their land stolen from them an all-white courtroom between 1901 and 1915. And I know I mentioned them a lot, but they're deceased now, lying in their graves. But they didn't have the Black Lives Matter movement to support them. they were going up against jim crow and these white people in freestone county could care less who they were they chased them from their their land some were murdered some were dragged some were beaten But between 1901 and 1915, they all had to move from their residence in Oakwood and Anderson and Freestone County, Texas. Grandma's house, the geographical location was located east of the city of Fairfield, Texas. It was built by her beloved husband, the Reverend William Henderson. The house was built in the midst of oak wood trees. From their house, you could hear the sounds of the flowing of the Trinity River coming down from Red River on her way to Galveston Bay to the Gulf of Mexico. Grandma's house was a loving and spiritual house. And you know every house is not a home. But in the late 1870s, this special house, located on the A.Y. Aguilera Survey, Was land that was owned by black farmers. And they were given a land deed from E. A. Mahea. And they were owners of their land and their house. But in 1915, Grandma's house and these other black farmers' houses will become what I call an empty house. Because it was after that that the white people brought the oil tanks and trucks and mach- to come on to their land and start digging for water and oil and minerals in Freestone County, Texas. Let me say that my life changed in my grandmother's kitchen the second I received her words about my destiny. I have now turned 70 years old, and the prophecy from God has transformed it into 179 pages of a book called Colored River. From the garden of flowers, as a backdrop for my wedding with my college sweetheart that I met at HBCU College, Albany State, And years later, the two children that I was blessed with, a son and a daughter, have now turned into 47 years of marriage. I now have been blessed with four grandchildren and a son-in-law, a life full of joy and love. Even though I'm a kidney transplant patient, I had my transplant in 2014. Even though I take a certain amount of pills every morning and evening and have injections placed in my right arm every month, I am blessed to be alive And being blessed to share this podcast with you. So over the last 40 years, I have obeyed the words of my grandmother, Annie Beatrice Childs Henderson. And many of you, my podcast listeners, have never heard this story about my beloved grandmother. I will tell it to you now. Annie Beatrice was born in 1889 from a relationship of a Freestone County Sheriff who was of the white race and his name was Henry Childs. Henry Childs had a secret relationship with a mulatto Indian woman, my great-grandmother, named Rachel Rutherford. Much of their history has been hidden for years. In recent weeks, I will have a special podcast about Rachel Rutherford. But here's what I have learned through the years of studying Henderson history. Rachel birthed two daughters from this white man, Henry Child, Annie and Azaleen in 1893. They say allegedly Rachel was murdered by Henry Child around the age of 28. I think he was 20 years older than her. And after Elijah and uh, Louisa buried their daughter outside Fairfield. A year later, Henry Childs committed suicide in 1894. That time, the girls were raised by Rachel's mother, Louisa Rutherford, and to her death and after that, they were raised by some nuns in Fairfield. But the sisters never separated. At the age of 18, Annie Beatrice Childs Henderson met a tall black man named Reverend William Henderson. and Reverend William Henderson's father was Jim Henderson. His mother was Nancy Henderson. And Jim is special because his father was white, named Hugh Henderson, an Irish immigrant, who came to Texas in around 1835 and fought with Sam Houston, in the Battle of San Cito, when Davy Crockett and others were killed in Alamo. And he was given lots of land in East Texas, which he gave some land to his, his son, Jim. And Jim gave the land to his children, one being William Henderson, and Ezekiel, and they lived side by side. William lived in Oakwood. Ezekiel lived in Butler. But it was all west of the Trinity River. And they lived there until their land was stolen from them in the early 1900s. Andre Lord wrote, I have a duty to speak the truth and see it and share not just my triumphs, not just the things that felt good, but the pain, the intense, often unmitigated pain. It is important to share how I know survival is survival and not just a walk through the rain. And now, these are my words. This Sunday morning, I speak on behalf of many black farmers who lived and died in Freestone County, Texas. And these were proud men and women who were landowners. in the houses in which they enjoyed the best of life. Children, one by one, were born in these houses. Christmas and Easter celebrations celebrated in these houses. The black people in all these houses shared a common comfort. They loved each other and they loved the land that they owned. In the 1870s, these, were, these black farmers were living in these houses near the great, mighty Trinity River. When they died, they were taken to Bethel Cemetery where they were buried. But just because their stories are not printed in the Texas history books does not mean they didn't exist. Names such as Henderson, Gibson, Miller, Cornish, Willis, Allen, Solomon, Wade, Richmond, Henry, Kelly, Franklin, Gorman, Elam, Davis, Henry, Roberts, Suggs, Carter, Gabriel. They all lived in these houses. After 1915, after the oil and the mineral were found on their land. After oil fields were erected. After graves were dug. Every house on this land west of the Trinity River. Under Rihonda Grant, on the A.Y. Aguilera survey, these houses were now empty. As well as grandma's house. Dr. E. Henderson Lawson. My beloved cousin, tremendous writer. Yours truly. know why these houses became empty, and why their land was stolen. We know what happened. We know why it happened. We know when it happened. And we know their names. Of the culprits who stole these lands of these 30 black farmers, the land of grandmother's house was. And over the years we were both writing the story of these black farmers. And when we met on Ancestry.com 2018 we put our stories together. There was a lot of struggle. There was a lot of pain. But it happened. And the podcast will continue to to state the facts of what happened to these black farmers. I know people would like to just push it under a rug of forgetfulness and never discuss what happened, but it did happen and it needs to be discussed. And every Sunday morning, we're gonna have a conversation about racism in black America and what's happening. And also, as a backdrop, use Colored River as a memorial. And a memorial is an object which serves as a focus for the memory Of something usually influential, this or historical, or a tragic event. This morning, my focus area will be aimed at African Americans and land loss in Texas. The podcast "Grandma's House" will reflect. What happened from Black America to the Black farmers? Today we will place special attention on Texas. Perhaps there are some factors to the demise of Black farmers. We can start with Deborah A. Reed's research from Eastern Illinois University, called The Keep. She writes, African Americans have left agriculture at a more rapid rate than white Americans. Between 1920 and 1997, the number of African Americans whose farm decreased by 98% starting in the 1880s Rural progressive across the South, including Booker T. Washington, urged rural African Americans to look for eternal solutions to fight poverty, illiteracy, paternalism, injustice, and violence. After What took place, African-Americans pursued being entrepreneurs, founding fraternal societies, building schools, churches, businesses, to cater to, black, to the Black community. African-Americans pursued these goals aggressively, as racism allowed. Evidence from Texas, however, indicates how economics and racial discrimination combine to undermine black farmers at the local, state, and even national level. The research by Deborah Reed is most valuable for people to read. Her research also helps to present a further response to Texas racism and discrimination. So we use grandma's house as a scenario that establishes a memorial of land once owned by my Henderson ancestors and other neighboring black farmers of land that was once owned, once occupied, once lived in, these 30 names of black farmers that are listed in Colored River will be a reminder of what took place in the racist state of Texas. But Jim Crow prevailed vigorously In our book, Colored River, we have written this book to be a voice for the dead, to tell their story that they could not tell before. Ed Gray, an amazing radio broadcaster, historian, political commentator on a show called My Voice, My Opinion, being broadcasted on WFAA 8 in Dallas, Texas, states in a forward that he has written in our book, he says, as a longtime historian of the Black experience and Texas history, there are a few books that address both. Doctors R.T. Kennedy and E. Anderson Lawson, Colored River, does both. It interwines family history with Texas history. The state of Texas is just as big as its myth. And just as small as the lack of attention paid to its African American history. The authors interwine family history with Texas history and its systematic oppression directed toward African Americans. We all see, seem to think that Texas history is about the Alamo. And when it comes to African American history, it's the celebration of Juneteenth. However, what happens after freedom? The road to freedom is a bridge over the past as a family fights only for dignity and land. This fight is not uniquely Texas. It is all American. The Colored River is a book that you won't put down, it will keep you riveted as a family struggles to overcome all odds that are as big as the state of Texas. And over the years before God brought Dr. Lawson and myself together to co-author, Colored River, we were both writing and researching for those who died in Freestone County, Texas. As time drew on, our wisdom and intellect started to grow as well by God's grace and God's mercy. So we came together and we uncovered what happened. We found an aberration in an all-white courtroom where these white people, their bigotry and their hatred became a defiance of the Constitution of the United States and a defiance of the 14th Amendment. And I'll tell you that today, What's going on in this country? The Fourteenth Amendment is missing. And we begin conversation with the words of Dennis Parker, director of the ACLU Racial Justice Program, with special emphasis on segregation in schools race equality and education, racial justice and affirmative action program over the last three and a half years of the Trump administration, throwing migrants in jail without due process, undermining efforts to desegregate schools. The 14th Amendment was to eliminate the oppression of historically and provide equality of opportunity for all races, for people of color. But let's be real. The 14th Amendment, even though it was ratified July 9, 1868 shortly after African-Americans were emancipated from slavery, represented a turning point in the country's history. Its passage was an effort to provide substance to the Declaration of Independence, promises of freedom and equality, which from the beginning had not applied to significant parts of the population, including black people and women. But the 14th Amendment remains a source of inspiration, an aspiration, as hope, but it's missing. It was missing when George Floyd was killed. It was missing when Breonna Taylor was killed. It was missing when Martin Luther King was assassinated. It was missing when Malcolm X was assassinated. It was missing when the four girls on September the 15th were killed in in that church bomb. It's been missing for a long time. And it was missing and has been missing in the Trump administration. That's why on November the 3rd, it's important to go vote. Go vote your mind. Democratic, Republican, go vote. As I conclude today's podcast, which has been difficult, these are words of a a slave. Says... What I likes best, to be a slave or free. Well, it's this way. In slavery, I owns nothing and never owns nothing. In freedom, it's owned a home and raised a family. All that caused me worryment. And in slavery, I has no worry met, but I takes freedom. When I was pledging Alpha Phi Alpha at Albany State, we had to learn these words. When things go wrong, and they sometimes will, when the road you are trudging, Seems all uphill. When the funds are low. And the depths are high. And you want to smile. But you have to sigh. When care is pressing you. Down a bit. Rest if you must. But don't you quit. Life is queer with its twist and turns, as every one of us sometimes learns. And many a failure turns about when he might have won had he stuck it out. Don't give up, though. The pace seems slow. You may succeed with another blow. Often to go, is nearer then it seems to a faint and a faltering man often the struggle has given up when he have when he might have captured the victory cup and he learned too late when the night slipped down how close he was to the golden crown success its failure turned inside out, the silver tint of the clouds of doubt, and you never can tell how close you are. It may be near when it seems so far. So stick to the fight when your heart is hit. It's when things seem worse that you must not quit. Dr. Lawson and myself found out that the publishing company that published our book, 2020, did not live up up to our personal satisfactions. So we had to let them go. And as courageous as we are, we started and we will Publish our own book now, Colored River, and we had to start again. And the process was was hard at first, but in weeks to come, back on Amazon and ebook, Barnes and Noble, our book will be at, will be for sale again. But if you can't wait till it comes back up on Amazon, you can go to www.coloredriver.com. Read some information about Dr. Lawson Henderson, and you can purchase the book there. Or you can go to rtkennedysenior.com, read some information I have put on the website, and you can purchase the book there. We appreciate all you do for us and getting this story out to the American family about what happened to these 30 black farmers in Freestone County, Texas. COVID-19 is ramping up again across America. Wear your mask, social distance, Stay safe. Be blessed. On November the 3rd or before, go and vote. I'll tell you, I'm voting for the Biden and Harris ticket because I don't want to live under the restraints of the Trump administration for more years. From my ATL studios, Dr. R.T. Colored River Connections. Peace and love. See you next week.